I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show none of this is usable as usual Uh, as usual it's a good way to start though Um, it's the woo-woo's out (laughs) you don't want to keep the woo-woo's in and use that to power that's interesting. Woo-woo power. So many, so many, so many damn books. Hello and welcome to So Many Damn Books, a blessing, a curse, a podcast. We are welcoming today in the Zoom version, the hyperspace of the damn library, Hudson Valley author and host of the Voyage into Genre podcast, oh, Golden boy. Notebook bookstore employee and founding member of this show. Drew Broussard. Hi, Drew. Hi, buddy. Published author. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. We'll make a link in the in the show notes for people to go find your your published story. It does feel a very weird, honestly. Hey, achieving dreams always does feel kind of a little a little weird, right? But let's. Uh, I want to raise a glass to you for that. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. I, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a beer, sort of in. Your, I bought this thinking about having this with you uh, while we recorded. Uh, it's called the Night Before, and it's put out by um, Westbrook Beers. Nice. They, I really like their Key Lime Pie Gosa. You know. Oh that? yes, delicious. So this is a gingerbread stout, and it's eleven percent. So I have to drink this quite slowly. <laughs> if you have any left over, I recommend baking with it. Oh, baking with a gingerbread stout. Yeah. Really good flavor. The alcohol burns off, but like because it's so rich, there's a lot of other shit going on, you know? <laughs> Something about the um craft beer world feels like um more part of your drinking life than mine. Uh, what are you drinking? I mean, I was about to make a cocktail and then you told me you were drinking a beer and I was like, "Hot diggity dog." <laughs> um I am drinking Snakes on a Trail. Nut Brown Ale, uh, a collaboration between my local favorite brewery, Westkill Brewing, and Fifth Hammer Brewing, which I think is somewhere in the city. Uh, they're in Long Island City. Okay. Snakes on a Trail. Snakes on a Trail. And Are the... there snakes on trails in Long Island? Is this something to worry about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's more of a, like, the Fifth Hammer must have come to up to Westkill and seen snakes and been like, oh, shit! Or they just saw that they could have more fun with their beer labels. Indeed. And it is, it's a cute little label of like a squirrel listening to headphones 
carrying right. a bunch of acorns, seeing a bunch of snakes, which who among us, you know? Yeah, my label is the is a devilish gingerbread man running along the nightmare before Christmas mechanical twisty. The twisty mountain. hill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does one call that thing? The Jack's showcase hill. <laughs> yes. Jack's spotlight hill. Melodrama hill. That's what ooh, that is. Ooh. Mm, yes. Very good. Well, you know what happens next. You're an old hat at this. What'd you buy time? <laughs> Let's trade back and forth. All right. So it was just Halloween, as I think we all know. Danny and I did our traditional book swap on Halloween. Danny got me The Ballad of Perilous Graves by Alex Jennings. Um which has been on my radar for a while because it's set in an alternate New Orleans made of music and magic, which I'm like, yeah, that sounds like my kind of New Orleans. That's what I like when I go to New Orleans anyway. Um, but so I'm very excited about it. It's one of those that I just kept sort of being like, it will come to me at the right time. And at the right time it did. That skull on the cover kind of looks like uh, your new arm friend. Oh, yeah, my... um. My John Klassen tattoo. Mm -hmm. Remember, you will die. <laughs> Memento Morty says so. I bought something that's more a celebration of life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I bought, um, I was going to collect all of those Peanuts books, the collection, because uh -huh. they released them all in really beautiful Seth designed year by year. Really yeah. cool. And I was going to own them all. That was a dream. But I'm just looking at that and looking at a New York apartment and <laughs> realizing that such a dream is silly and I don't need to do that at all. Um, all I need to do is buy some special years. So I bought 1987. Nice. The year of my birth. And it's sort of fun looking at it as a historical document. Like this is the world as Charles Schultz saw it the year that. You know, it's a so buying a a special year makes more sense because you can really I mean there's it's a lengthy collection. Yeah. So that's uh that's a new purchase of mine. Nice. Are you uh, uh have we ever talked about Tim O'Brien, you and I? The horror author? No, the um I guess the, the ship's author? No. <laughs> no, that's um Which O'Brien <laughs> <laughs> There are quite a number of them. Um, the things they carried. Did yes. you have to read that in school? So I did didn't, I. But I remember it. Yeah. Oh, so my uh, one of my high school best friends and I, with whom I have not spoken in probably fifteen years, if not longer now. She and I were obsessed with Tim O'Brien after reading the things they carried. We were both just like, "This is so good. We're going to read everything else that he wrote." And we did. We read all of his other novels. And this is two thousand. 2004 I guess and like there that he wasn't really publishing anything else it was sort of this assumption that he was done he just released a new novel called America Fantastica um, that the minute that I heard about it I like walked into the bookstore and I was like we have to order a zillion copies of this I know very little about it it's like a crime caper 
uh, there's a sort of epidemic of um, everybody's lying. I don't know. It seems outrageous. I am sure in some ways that it's going to not quite hit the same heights of like an author writing at the height of their powers. But I'm excited about it. Yeah. Wow. It's always exciting when an author you think maybe it was passed away even like they they're they are so off the grid mm-hmm. are actually around and wrote something new yeah very cool yeah i'm stoked about it i think i already told you about this in a different venue but i bought this book that <laughs> uh, i'm very excited about trying um basically back in the 90s there was a series of star wars novels for children that were basically them trying to do their goosebumps series so it's star wars galaxy of fear and i got the first one and it's a i think they released like 10 or 12 of these hell yeah i I completely have never heard of these before they just sort of crossed my desk and uh boy i'm excited to to delve into both star wars and like the horror realm because I haven't really been keeping up with modern Star Wars very much. Like I haven't been watching the new television shows or anything. This is like the first piece of Star Wars media that I have seen in a while that I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) And it's from 1997. So there's that. And doesn't that say something? If you're Mm. listening, Disney Lucasfilm. Yeah. You lost Christopher. (laughs) The man's wearing an AT-AT t-shirt right now. (laughs) Just real. <laughs> Just for those of you listening at home. I'm lying clearly. Like it's, it still has some some, <laughs> some chokehold on me. What else have you gotten recently? Anything? Oh, this is a fun one because um she actually sends her regards. I did a bookstore event a couple of weeks ago for uh the launch of Lydia Davis's new book she's only selling through independent bookstores and she was really she really wanted to be in conversation with somebody fun from the hudson valley and her publicist and i were kicking around some ideas and then both of us were like oh you know who it should be jenny awful um and so she came and interviewed lydia it was spectacular it was so much fun um she and i were talking beforehand and she was like you look really familiar and i was like yeah we did a podcast thing and she was like oh you guys made the cocktail. And I was like, yes. And she was like, please tell Christopher I said hello. But I picked up her first novel, Last Things. Uh, and that was actually my gift to Danny on Halloween. Oh, uh, that was from a few years before. Mm-hmm. It was it's yeah. like 1999, I think. It's like, talk about a throwback. Um, but they just, they rejacketed everything to match the cover of Weather or the paperback cover of Weather, I guess. Um, and so it's got like a hip new, uh, cover and it's funny, you know, I, I try to always have backlist books and books by whoever somebody's in conversation with, uh, that book sold like hotcakes. Cause I think people were like, is this a new Jenny awful book? Wow. It's like, well, new to you. That's, I mean, that's the beauty of rejacketing. That's why they do it. Yeah. 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 How about you? You got something else? Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of friends of the show, uh, I got Rachel Lyons' new book, Fruit I of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. 
which is, I guess, it's a reimagining of Persephone and Demeter. Demeter? Demeter. Demeter. I'm still traumatized from getting thermometer wrong, reading it out loud as a as a child. Anyway, it's set at a private island <laughs> of a Fortune 500 pharmaceutical company, and it's this retelling. And it seems like a very exciting sort of book. Um, it was, and I'm seeing also that there's movement on the self-portrait with boy screen adaptation. I heard that, yeah. With some very cool people attached. People should go check that out. I'm excited to for, for that to become a movie, TV show. Limited series. Limited series. <laughs> you know, I think that would actually make a really good stage adaptation. I don't know. I just had that thought. And I'm like, my memory of that book, I'm like, yeah, I would watch the hell out of that play. Well, it's, yeah, it's basically just two locations. So. Yeah, yeah. You could do some fun stuff with the actual moment of the boy and everything it'd be anyway rachel if you're out there <laughs> pick up anything else i'm looking around trying to think if i oh, i got a new tarot deck oh um designed by published by uh a, a person called kim Kranz. it's the wild unknown tarot deck I had a Rider weight deck for a while, and uh, at one point, Danny got me the literary tarot that Brink put out. The literary tarot is really fun, but it's not great for working on your own writing with, because you flip over a card, and it's like, the hero font is Captain Nemo, and so you start thinking about, like, Jules Verne, it's not... Um, it's really good for life, because you flip it over, and you're like, I know the moral of this book, uh, but so I wanted something for writing. It's really cool. It's all like animals and nature mm. with these sort of beautiful line drawings. It's really uh, lovely. Wow. What about you? Anything else? Yeah, I got one. I got one more uh, that I got from Astro House, actually. Ooh. It's like the coolest cover. <gasps> Ooh. It's called Pedro and Marquez Take Stock, a picaresque novel. By Jose Falero and translated by Julia Sanchez. Cool. And it's about a couple of supermarket stock clerks who decide to get into dealing weed. And they're in Brazil, which is a much more dangerous prospect there. Cool. I love that cover. It's a beautiful cover. They have been knocking out of the park, Asha House. <laughs> their, their list is really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like they're um, taking genuine care with each of their books, which, God love you'd, them. You'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> hey. How was October Country? I talked to you uh, on the other side of it. Did you have a nice, uh, every year... I, you know, you can explain it to people, but you 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 take all of your scary books and you try to put them all into October. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. The last few years living here in uh, spookier country, I'm more I find myself reading spooky shit more throughout the year. But it just weirdly puts more emphasis on October. I'm like, all right, it's going to be really good. 
Um, this year was good. There were a couple. There was one book that I shall not name. I didn't say anything about it. I didn't post about it. I did have a, a lovely off-the-record chat with um, horror maven Emily Hughes about it, and that was very satisfying. But there was one book that I, I read, like, maybe 80 pages of it, and I was like, nah, this sucks. And I put it down, and it sort of – it really fucked me up for, like, two days where I was just like, oh, man, October's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> wow, that's a bad book. It was, it was tough. And listen, before all those people from the tournament of books last year come to me being like, "Oh, so you do think that there are bad books?" Plenty of people like this book, and they're well within their rights to do so. Anyway, it was fun. I all, I wanted to read Rachel Lyon's book and just didn't quite get around to it. But I read some fun things. Um, Kelly Link's forthcoming book, spectacular. Not. A terribly October-y book. Fun to read in October, nevertheless. The Book of Love doesn't give you October vibes just from the title. But Kelly Link tends to sometimes, you know, trend towards chilling. Yeah. It's, um, man, oh man, I can't wait for you to read it. I can't wait for everybody to read it. It's, it's, I haven't loved a book this much in a hot minute. I remember a rumor that, there was a manuscript floating around of hers that was like a million words long that she was trying to cut down. And I would, I am always curious. Like I want to see the rough cut. I mean, show uh, me the unhewn version. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about what the word count is on this baby. I have to imagine that this is in the couple hundred thousand. Right? It's a, it's a big book with, relatively small margins i recently uh picked up this book the eighth life mm. by uh nino heritish billy and it came out a few years ago uh but i was just seeing people talk about it online and it's almost a thousand pages in paperback yeah and it follows a family on the edge of the Russian Empire for like over a hundred years. Whoa. And I was just sort of Oh, I've seen this book. Yes. Yeah, it was it's you know, it's very well reviewed. People really loved it when it came out. It was on a lot of best of lifts, but it, I don't know, it completely missed me. And I think partially because buried in the like how people talk about it is that partially of the, in this story is that the family owes its success to a sort of like magic chocolate recipe. <laughs> and when I read that part of it, I was like sold. I want to, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll read the Russian chocolate family novel. <laughs> and their name was Vonka. <laughs> Look, uh, I am camping out now. <laughs> People can join me to go see one. I am sold. I I don't care. I think Timothy might, Chalamet it, as the great Gonzo as Willy Wonka. It does look remarkably similar. Yes. Someone, some customer didn't realize where their subconscious <laughs> yeah. was pulling from. I'm very excited for that movie. I like the doll universe. Yes. Look, the Wes Anderson adaptations were great. Did you watch all of those? Fantastic. Fantastic. I was just talking about this on Friday. Like, really, really 
I was bemoaning the fact that I hadn't seen a good adaptation this year, and then I was like, oh, wait, those Wes Anderson adaptations. Yeah. I watched them, like, first thing in the morning with coffee. Mm. As they, as each one, one a day. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's a nice way to start your day. Yeah, I was just like, okay, so now I need more of these. Yep. Dear Wes. Dear Wes. I have an idea. Keep doing this. <laughs> Are you going to read the Britney Spears memoir? I'm sorely tempted. I'm tempted in a way that I'm not normally to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Michelle Williams. At this point, we've all heard the um, the clip that will win her the Grammy for best audiobook. Yeah. It's tough. When um I saw you uh a little while ago for the best rock show of the year and um oh, your, yeah. your lovely wife Sarah was there and we at some point she was like, "You know, I kind of just want Oh, we were talking about artists like our bucket list musical acts to see live." And you and I were both sort of, and my friend Kanar, we were all sort of like, I think we're like getting close. There's like maybe one or two. And Sarah was like, oh, Brittany. And also, I don't ever want her to have to perform again. I want her to like live out a very happy life out of the spotlight. And that's, that push-pull is how I feel about that book. Of mm. like, I, I'm curious. I'm deeply fucking curious. And I almost am like, oh, I'm sorry you had to do this. <laughs> I, <laughs> like... I really, I want, I want to give you your privacy, even though you've like written this book and put it out into the world. Like, I, but maybe I, as an individual, can still psychically offer that to you. You know. Mm. What about you? I'm, I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. There is just so many details that she puts on equal weight. It's a fascinating book. There are just parts of her childhood that are just so wild and she treats them as like the most beautiful memory hmm. and i don't know your heart goes out to her yeah and it's just it is very well written and uh just michelle williams is killing it with a little bit of a southern lilt in mm -hmm. her reading voice and uh yeah but it's like a, not what overly a great performative yeah. what a great package ultimately like i think that it i'm enjoying it and I can see why there's probably going to be another one. You know, there's rumors mm -hmm. that she's going to write another another volume because I can I, and I can see it. There's I feel like even I'm already on a couple hours in, but um, it's only it's it's like five and a half hour audio book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty short book. So I can see already. I'm like, wow, I'm getting close to the end already. You know, and she's like, I'm singing with Michael Jackson. And then she's just a lot gliding over that. Like, it was just another detail of her life. Yeah. I mean, that was just like one of the things that was happening that day. And I think that she reacted to it in the moment. But like telling these stories, it's kind of like athletes trying to explain, like, I, I run and I run really fast then. And like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you read a sports memoir and you don't really get the feeling of. And I, and I feel like this isn't a great like singing memoir. Right. Even though she, it's clear, like singing is one of the one of her favorite things. She, I feel like she's. Uh, am I making it up that when she first was like posting about the fact that she wanted to work on a book, she was also talking about wanting to write fiction? 
Is that just like my my daydream or something? Like I, I have this I don't know. I I have also heard a rumor that she's working on something else, but that she wants to write fiction. And I'm like, hell yeah, girl. Whatever it is, I'm there. You know? Sure. Yeah, I think that I I hope that she's gaining a lot of confidence from this and keeps writing. Writing. A path out of the darkness. Are you writing ad copy for the, <laughs> for the idea of putting down ideas? Hey, listen, man, we are all, we're always hustling out here, you know? Speaking of hustling, I appreciate you stopping by the Patreon book club for The Shining. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I couldn't, uh, particularly when you were like, and you gave me this book. Oh, yeah, that was so years cool. Ago. <laughs> I was like, I yeah, pulled- all right. I pulled my copy of The Shining to read it during October Country, inspired by you. Um, I wanted to read it for the for the book club. And I see this lovely inscription. It's it's a Christmas gift. I'm pretty sure I opened it on the show. <laughs> it seems it seems like it. Uh, and uh it's yeah, it was an incredible I mean, I'm glad I moved it six times. It's a small it was a paperback. I yeah. also have to say uh 600 page novels shouldn't come in trade paperbacks it was very hard to hold you know (laughs) yes so uh but gosh it's the shining it's so crazy that it's his third book Mm -hmm. there's so much about that book that is is unbelievable it's a testament in that way of like it's so unbelievable that his third book and that thing of when you when somebody gives you the keys and says like hey i really like the thing that you're doing and i'm just gonna support it that that itself can be all you need to like level up you know you look back at him like throwing carrie in the trash because he sent it out to 99 agents or whatever and then finally got it in front of chuck verrill and that was what finally like made magic happen and then yeah and then that was like locked and loaded like that. He was already, you know, that was coming down the, down the pike. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, um, it was so fun to revisit it. I didn't reread the whole thing, but I was like flipping back through it and just, it was fun to get to talk about it, you know? Yeah. I couldn't help but be thinking about the movie the whole time I was reading it and just how different it was, was mm-hmm. extremely surprising to me. Probably one of the biggest things that was surprising was that the carpet was so described <laughs> and like a big part of the book. And it is just like a jungle carpet and it's nothing yeah. like, yeah, very funny yeah. little, you know, watching like having both in your mind is an interesting, it's an interesting thing. It also feels like it. Um, I mean, I know that he is not thrilled with the Kubrick movie, but it fits in with his sort of like dark tower multiversal multiverse before multiverse was cool thing of like yeah maybe on a different level of the tower the overlook does have that like hexagon carpet and on this level it has the jungle carpet and like that the the spaces are the same throughout many universes kind of you know Mm. like they're all bad but that's because like the overlook is bad i don't know it's it's amazing that that not only did he write that incredible story, but then somebody else took it and based an incredible loose adaptation off of it. 
that does its own thing, you know? Have you read Dr. Sleep? I have. And? Very different thing? Um, it is a very different thing. It's, uh, it is a very different thing. It, it is an interesting reflection on addiction from, from the other side, which I think is neat. Um, and it, but it's also like very, very, uh, aughts, like post car accident King where he's just like writing a million words a day not really cutting any of them <laughs> having a blast but just sort of like and then what if they were psychic vampires and the lady had a top hat and then smoke came out and you're just like yeah man sounds great you just there's a there's a there's a looseness to it that that I enjoyed but it's like it was never going to match the shining cuz how could it you know and also it's like kind of not supposed to it is worth reading i was talking to a friend of mine about the shining and um it's just a long book and he was reading it for a book report in school and he was just like i'll watch the movie to like finish this off oh no and there's just so much in the movie that's not and so he got a terrible grade <laughs> yeah that's like um and it's the same thing with the episode of Friends. Yeah. They reference he they're talking about the book, but it's they're all all the references are from the movie. It's tough when you run into that. When you're like you're people like us who are sort of like ah I feel like it's like the people who know the the bird call uh -huh. milieu of their different areas. And so they're watching a movie and they're just like North thrushes. This is, a, <laughs> this is an island. Ridiculous. Takes you right out. And it's just everyone else is like, oh, that's birds. I yeah. think it's fine. Like, I guess. I mean, to carry on with that, I was just reading um I, I was reading a galley of a novel that's coming out next year, uh, that's set in New York, but it's written by a British writer. And there are things where I'm just like, no. American person talks like this. It, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. And that weird way where, like, it doesn't fully pull me out of the book. And I know that most people won't notice or care. But there's just that little thing where you're like, oh. <laughs> Before we leave the shadow of the Overlook Ho Hotel too much, I want to mention the next Patreon book club Ooh. book. Because The Shining was the last one. Um. So There's a cool you, thing you're doing, by the way, my man. It's a uh, it's it's so much fun, and it, there's people from all over the the this great country, and also sometimes the world that join in, and it's very fun. And I am deciding to choose rather than leave it up to the the patrons. <laughs> in the spirit of this great country, <laughs> Rona Jaffe's uh, "Best of Everything" is going to be the next book for November. Cool. And uh, I, I will put all the dates and all the information on the Patreon. And it only costs a dollar a month to join and be a part of the Patreon. Um, yeah. So join up so we can talk about this at the end of the month. I'm thinking it might be the very end of the month, maybe a weekday evening chat. So we'll see. But the best of everything by Rona Jaffe. And it's about publishing uh, in the in the 50s. 
and it follows like the secretaries. And I'm sort of very curious about this picture of what publishing was and how it will feel, you know, probably too familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's always nice to have an excuse to go back to like a backlisty thing. Yes. You know? And apparently, I've talked about this enough on the show, this particular title, that when I've brought it up in the past, uh, people at book club have been like, oh, I bought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, good. So everybody has so it People already. have the title, have, <laughs> have it on their shelves, and but it's a 500-page book, so I can see that, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's a bit of an investment. But yeah. I'm in the mood to read the long books. I mean, the Book of Love is right on my shelf. I'm really interested in this Eighth Life book, um, this Russian epic. Um, and I just, I think I, I was on a graphic novel kick mm-hmm. because um, Amy Kurzweil recommended Berlin for the, mm-hmm. for the last episode of the show. And Berlin by Jason Lutz just sort of threw me for a loop. It made me think like, wait a minute, I've been neglecting graphic novels or something because this came out and I missed it. I mean, it's like from 2017 or 2018 and it was on a bunch of the best of lists and everything. But I didn't, it it just passed me right by. Yeah. And I read Day Tripper by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, which uh-huh. was an interesting sort of a fun, the structure was fun for this comic. Yeah. You know, you follow a life and then like sort of almost multiverse, but not quite. But nothing is quite striking, hitting that itch. So maybe I need to just... <laughs> you know, head into the the, the realm of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> What's coming down the pike for you? What are you looking for? I similar, you know, I was having this thought towards the end of October, but I was like, oh man, there are, there are a handful of books from this year that I haven't gotten to yet that came out this year that like, I still feel... I think that the the calendar year still holds undue sway over my thinking in a way that I've let go of so many other things around my reading life. But that thing of like, oh, I I have to read Daniel Mason's North Woods before the end of the year. I have to read this Tim O'Brien book before the end of the year because it came out this year. And heaven forbid I read it in January. Well, how would you add it to your list? Right? Your best of the year Uh, list if you didn't get to it in the year. I know so, the feeling. It's a silly, it's a silly, silly feeling. It's absurd. And nevertheless. And yet here we are. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of other things. Um, like if I'm going to get to Elizabeth Acevedo's family lore, I'd like to try to get to that in the next month. Um, and also, I now, uh, I have, I was about to say I have this responsibility. It's not. I've chosen to do this. But in working as a bookseller, um, booksellers get to nominate for the Indie Next list. And so I'm really trying to... uh, I'm trying to read farther out in a way that I... With more intention than I have done in a very long time. Of being like, oh, the Indie Next deadline for these six books is the end of X month. And I, okay, so I need to, like, I really want to read this. I'm really excited about this. Um, my friend's book is coming out. Why I need to like try to prioritize these. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, also a weird push pull where I'm like reading stuff that's June, July, 
And also, I'm reading stuff. I want to be reading stuff that came out in August. Well, it's the title of this show for a reason. Oof. Oofa doofa. <laughs> is the curse striking you in any particular way? I know you said you're feeling very much like you want to read long books right now, but... No, I feel I, I feel like I'm reading more than I... You know, having left my day job in publishing, mm-hmm. this year has been my first year fully just reading for fun. And nice. I've read like so many more books than I ever read in a year. Hell yeah. And I feel much more, you know, I'm I'm starting a bunch of things. I'm putting things down when I don't like it. And nice. I have been enjoying all of the things that I've been really like putting time into. I just really want good. I'm still, I'm asking the people, send me your good graphic novels recommendations. Your, your real favorites of the past couple of years. So many damn books at gmail.com if you don't want to send them anywhere else or on Instagram. So many damn books. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> it's not on Blue Sky or Threads. You have to find me if you want to do that. <laughs> oh, actually, no, wait. So many damn books is on Threads. I found this out. I, I guess. Thanks, Mark. I, I did it. I don't remember how. <laughs> I don't know how to do that anymore. I don't. Where are the people? I don't think they're anywhere. I think most people are just done, right? I think, well, I was going to say, it, it has always been like, where are the people? Where are the very small set of the population, subset of the population who are on social media? I think it's just like they're everywhere now. It's truly like a decentralized thing. Well, come to the Patreon then. Come yes. talk to me there and tell me your graphic novels recommendations. <laughs> I need them. I really feel like I'm missing out because Berlin was one of these like, wow, an unbelievable thing. Should we talk recommendations? Do you have things to recommend? The first thing I'd like to recommend is the last book I read in the October country. I actually feel like this is very much up your alley, too. Disturbance by Jenna Clake. It is, it gave me uh, Come Closer vibes, Sarah Graham, but it's not scary like Come Closer is. It's, it is, it's a novel of um, a young woman who's just gotten out of a relationship that over the course of the novel um, you learn was like an abusive relationship. This is all in the jacket copy. Don't worry, I'm not spoiling anything. She's moved into this apartment uh, and she sees her teenage neighbor like casting a spell to try to break up with her boyfriend. And she's like, oh, I wonder if that would be good for me. And she sort of develops this friendship with this neighbor girl and her friend and they sort of form a coven. It's just like beautiful writing. Um, the author is a poet. This is her debut novel. Short, sweet, and... What's really going to seal the deal for you, Christopher, and maybe you, the listener, I listened to most of it on my drive to and from the city for the Hive show, um, and then the narrator was fucking fantastic. Really, really, really good. Nice. That sounds great. So the other, let's see. I also want to recommend a poetry collection. Um, it's called An Orange by Ted Dodson. Um He's married to 
Marie Helen Pertino. Ah. Um, and he works at the Issue Project. He worked at Bomb for a long time. Um, just like a really lovely poet. I read some of his poetry here and there, but I picked it up. It's a cool object. It was um, published by Wonder Press and Pioneer Works. So it has that sort of like Wes Anderson, Futura font, rectilinear aesthetic design about it that that Pioneer Works is so good at doing. It's very uh, uh, Tamara Shopson almost. Yeah. But the, I mean, the contents are so good. Like the title poem is this big, long poem. There's it's quite a good poetry collection about love. Um, but it's that thing. I, I said this during the book club zoom, uh, about the next thing and last thing I'll recommend. Um, when a poetry collection hits me, it's rare that a poetry collection hits me. So when it does, I'm like, everyone must read this poetry collection. Uh, and Ted's Ted's very much did that. Um, and the last one, another poetry collection, the shining by Dorothy Alasky. It's out from Wave Books. It is a collection of poems inspired by or drawing on images from both the book and film adaptation of The Shining. But it's like, it's about isolation. It's about um, writing. It is about like mental health. And I, I recently heard a conversation uh, where Dorothy Lasky was like, I wanted to be, I wanted to write a horror novel. I was like trying to write a horror novel and not write poetry and horror poetry somehow became like, that's what came out of it. It was a fucking poetry collection about the shining. It's awesome. Mm. What about you? What are you recommending? I'm recommending the invocations by crystal Sutherland. This is a YA novel. I think YA sort of aimed book coming out in January but to me it's like YA in marketing only because it's about three basically adults who are at very different stages of their magical careers mm. but they are being brought together because one of them uh, seems like whose like spells are particularly powerful there seems to be a serial killer killing the people that bought her spells. Ooh. That sounds cool. Very interesting, super fun writing, and it's just crackly and moves really, really fast, but really gives you a great connection between these three characters and a really fun magic system to learn. And I just, it was one of those really fun books that when I was away from it, I wanted to get back to read nice. what happened next for the invocations. I feel like it, it it's in the realm of disturbance, but sort of takes the magic more into the realm of wraiths and, you know, demons and things mm. like that. Cool. Well, Drew, I so appreciate you coming and hanging out on, on so many damn books. Your My pleasure, buddy. Podcast alma mater. <laughs> I have the mortar board and everything. Another recommendation is to go check out the many seasons you've made now of Voyage into Genre. Oh, thanks, buddy. Those are there. You just wrapped up season three. Season three, yeah. 
And there are, if you're looking for sci-fi recommendations, if that's a realm that you want to know what's going on now, ooh, what a great series to go back and, and mine from because it's a lot of what, like the best stuff that's being released these days. It's very cool that you got all these people to talk to each other. Yeah, that, um, it's been fun. Anything else you need to say to the good people? Oh, I was going to say um, that I do have one more recommendation, and that's to go to patreon.com slash smdb and support the show. Or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Yep, that's the Goog- place to do it. Goog- Google Podcasts? I don't Don't do it there. Sp- <laughs> Spotify podcast if you put oh yeah that's the one where it doesn't aggregate but if it aggregates everything else but spotify yeah write a new review on spotify there are people listening to this on spotify right now (laughs) there's like 200 of you and i think you're great okay oh Uh, boy bye bye people do do you think that there are people who are like our age being like man i can't wait till i'm 75 and i get to have conspiracies you know yes